0: Welcome everyone to episode number 10 of the Lead Volunteers Podcast. We are thrilled that you are here. I'm your host, Jeff Reining. And my name is Josh Denhart. Thank you so much for joining us. Now the Lead
1: Volunteers Podcast exists to help you, the ministry leader, turn ministry pains into volunteer gains.
0: Yeah, we want to help you get skills, get inspired, and get moving.
1: Exactly. We want to get you some skills so that you can find more joy in ministry and avoid ministry burnout. But we also want to get you inspired to help you remember that your labor in the Lord is not in vain but also we want to help you get moving we want to motivate you toward minister greatness sometimes Jeff we need a little kick in the pants
0: absolutely and for today's episode we're kind of talking about something that probably hits home for a lot of people who are listening if they're in assuming that there's pastors and people yep. in ministry listening but we're talking about kind of this worry that accompanies mm-hmm. a lot of ministry leaders when it comes to burnout
1: yeah so When we lead volunteers, I think that we're all living with this like low grade kind of like toothache, headache or whatever that we're afraid that we might actually burn volunteers out.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the big question, I guess, that comes along with that is how do you balance the serving that your Mm -hmm, volunteers are doing? Well, you know, I, I would say that
1: there's a quantitative piece to this, Jeff, and I would say that there's a qualitative piece. So. Just a bit ago, we, we grabbed some Chick-fil-A, right? Mm-hmm. And on the way, you we were like, okay, we explain that. What do you mean qualitative versus quantitative? Well, years ago, when I first started in the ministry, I got to tell you, I inherited a very beat up and abused ministry. I'm just being real with you, right? So I came in, I said to the senior pastor, hey, um, is this a suicide mission? <laughs> oh, no, not at all. All of you need is come it. in and swab the deck and I I then had to reconcile either he was like a bold-faced liar which he was not or sadly maybe even more sad was that he didn't know right Mm -hmm. he didn't know the state of the ministry so I came in and the deck did not need to be swabbed all the boards were mush and we really needed to start over it was very 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 hard so one of the things that I did is that we began to quantify how often people were serving ministry-wide so we came up with this crazy little chart in a sense so we categorize people as not involved peripherally involved involved very involved involved or super involved so one might say what did those things mean well we put numbers to them if you were not involved well, you were clearly not serving in the ministry you, mm-hmm. you you didn't you weren't serving at all if you were peripherally involved you were serving one to 11 times a year, less than once a month. So far, so good. If you were involved, you were serving 12 to 23 times a year. Mm -hmm. So at least once a month, sometimes two times a month. If you were very involved, you served 24 up to 30 times. But if, well, let's see, 24 to 40 times. And if you were super involved, you were serving over 40 slots a year. Now we consider a slot to be like if you served as a front door greeter one time a month, that was one slot, Mm -hmm. right? And if you did that 12 times a year, you served 12 slots. Does this make sense so far? So our point then was to get some quantitative, like some quantities of information about people. Now you gotta understand, I'm kind of a science guy, right? I come Mm -hmm. from a science background, I like data. And so we did this ministry-wide gathering of information and then we had this chart, right, where we could see how many people were peripherally involved, how many were involved, how many were very involved, and how many were super involved. And then that gave us at least a starting point. So far, so good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so what? once you have all of this data compiled, what, what are you doing with this? Okay. Yeah, that's a good
1: question, right? Because some people gather, gather data for just gathering data. <laughs>
0: okay, cool. Sarah's serving... 90 times this year yeah hopefully Sarah doesn't leave like what what are we doing right what are we doing right. with, we
1: doing with it? it there's two things that we did actually maybe three but, but that off the top of my head the very first thing that we did is that we wanted to see is there anybody who is possibly in danger of burning out now when we looked at this we had a guy named Todd and he was serving 96 slots a year hmm. now that's a lot keep in mind of course there's 52 weeks in a year so he was serving over two times a week Mm -hmm. you know in a lot of cases so we I just made the automatic assumption that we needed to rush in and save Todd from burnout does that make sense Mm -hmm. so that that on paper quantitatively we looked at him and thought man he's probably in danger Mm -hmm. he's probably being overworked he's He's, exactly where's the margin in his life where's the margin in his life and so then we had a set of those people well i gotta say in my youthful leadership i don't want to say immaturity but in my youthfulness i thought he had to be burning out truth be told that data that he was serving 96 times that led me to go to lunch with him and i just simply asked him how he was doing and he was having the time of his life so he wasn't burning out though he was serving that much. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, and that's good too, because the the question I would have coming out of that is is there a time where you see that number ninety six or even peel it back a little to eighty or yes, a exactly. hundred. Is that okay? Like is there an instance where volunteers can be serving Gosh. at a, see, a high capacity. Okay, like that? so
1: that's the thing. That in that season, I'm telling you the truth, we came up with a brand new term and we called it carrying capacity. Mm-hmm. So this guy, Todd, we determined that he had a high carrying capacity to where there was another gal who was serving 11 times a year, and she felt like she was carrying the church on her back, Hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we would have assumed through just the numbers that she could have, that she should be maybe even doing more. But my point is, is that the numbers gave us at least a starting point. Yeah. And so... That was one way that we used that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Now, so we looked at the todds of the world, and there were you know a dozen of those people who were serving at very, very, very high capacities, and we sought to provide them at least a sense of relief if they needed it. Some did, some did not. So mm-hmm. far, so good. But then we sat down as a staff, and we looked at the numbers. We said, okay, so of these people who were serving less than once a month, Look at that name, and look at that name. Those are high, high, high capacity people. Do we need to take them to lunch to see how they're doing and if the circumstances of their life are healthy enough that they might be called into greater levels of service? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So in a sense then, we'd used the data along with the qualitative knowledge not the quantity we took the quantitative knowledge and then we looked qualitatively at the people and said that person who from a quantity standpoint isn't serving very much is a super quality person could
0: they be called to more Mm -hmm. maybe they slipped through the cracks yeah could they be moved up that scale from peripherally involved to being involved very involved or even super involved
1: absolutely and so i got to tell you straight out this took an extreme amount of time. Why? Because we had to like we had to gather this data and and and, and enter it into a spreadsheet, right? Mm-hmm. And then we tallied it all up, and then we created a graph out of it. Mm-hmm. It was good though, and it helped us a lot. Now, we did this over six years. Powerful. Recorded the data for over six years. We recorded the data for over six years,
0: mm-hmm. which and gave what findings?
1: The findings that we found which gave us great encouragement is that over time we saw peripherally involved people we saw those numbers lower we saw involved go up we saw very involved go up and we saw super involved go down does that make sense mm-hmm. so we actually saw uh, we saw this this shift this shift away from ha- you know people barely serving or people super duper duper over we kind of moved it to the middle mm-hmm. and that was helpful that was super helpful now I have to say that in the s- fifth and sixth year we actually did begin to see more people at that super involved level why because they were doing a fantastic job and they were hungry for more and the ministry was healthy so I would say that that graph helped us to see that our ministry was moving in a healthy direction it was super 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 powerful
0: mm-hmm. I know recently for our church we've been doing something similar where we reached out to all of our, all of our volunteers. We're trying to see where they're serving, how much they're serving, getting some of that qualitative data, and asking them where they'd like to serve, how many times mm-hmm. a month, and yep. and plug it into a system. And our uh, community outreach pastor has been working very hard for a while on this, but trying Takes time to, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, but put putting together a a year long schedule so that say you're in a kids room, you are. You know for the entire year, okay, I'm in a kid's room the third week of the month for the second service. That's that's my week. That's my service. So from a scheduling standpoint, mm-hmm. right? And, it, and that creates some clarity and understanding for everyone. But then even helps the person who's volunteering know, okay, I am serving 11 times a month. Maybe for that person. Or 11 who, times a year. 11 times a year, excuse me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, like you were saying with the person who may have felt like they were carrying the weight of the church on their shoulders. They might have just, oh, I'm here. Every time time, I'm scheduled and so it creates some clarity on both ends, some understanding and then looking out in the future, it takes pressure off of the ministry leader because they aren't having to worry about filling in gaps or rescheduling people because I know, okay, I'm serving in three weeks. I can't be there. We're having a family vacation. I'll switch with week four person and
1: Right. So it's kind of the switching, not ditching concept, mm-hmm. which we're gonna cover that in another podcast episode. But but here's the deal. What you, you what you brought up is something that we sought to do as well. We wanted to look ahead and not not deal with people in a reactionary way when they felt they were burning out. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. And so I mean we talked a little bit about, about getting that qualitative and quantitative data, but how would you say you would do that in yeah, reaching out to someone not in a reactionary way. How can you prep okay. for that and see? Okay, this person. Like, do you have to take every volunteer out to lunch? Not I guess, necessarily. What I'm asking.
1: Not necessarily. So I'm going to make a quick assumption, Jeff. You and I both had moms.
0: Correct. <laughs> yep. And when
1: I was growing up, or even with my very own kids, there are times where they look a little bit peaked. They look a little gray, and they don't. Their eyes look a little dim. And so, what do you do? Right? You put your hand on their forehead.
0: Mm-hmm. Why? see if they have a fever
1: see if they have a fever because by the way is that a really
0: accurate way to see if they have a fever no can't get the numbers from that I
1: can't get the numbers from that but I'm doing a quick anecdotal survey of their forehead along with the the outlook of their body and their face and their kind of the way they're acting and I'm just putting together some anecdotal data and then from that I might go a step further and check the numbers. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And stick a thermometer in their mouth and we'll we'll go from there. Or I might even take them to the doctor or whatever. But for me as a leader, I'm always got... Okay, again, we've I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but you and I have talked about it. National Treasure. You remember that movie? Mm-hmm. You've seen it? Mm-hmm. Okay, remember now, you hadn't seen Star Wars, which... All right. <laughs> we don't need to bring this up again. Okay, okay. On a previous podcast, we won't go there. But National Treasure, right? Mm-hmm. He has those weird glasses that he flips up a different lens and he sees stuff pop out of the Declaration of Independence on the back of it. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Okay. I like that part in the movie, but as leaders, that's what we need. We need to have these different lenses. So all of a sudden, I see a volunteer, and I want to be a healthy shepherd who is looking out for the flock. Mm -hmm. And I see a volunteer who's showing up consistently late. They're kind of showing up, as they say these days, as a hot mess, and they're just kind of like disheveled okay is it cool is that their personality or are they is this role dogging them out does that make sense mm-hmm. maybe they're a recidivist in terms recidivist right like a, a repeat offender in terms of like dropping out at the last minute I I'm taking note of these things mm-hmm. because those are potential signs of unhealth okay let's say that they're showing up consistently not prepared Mm-hmm. those are indications that either this isn't a good fit or their life circumstances are burning them out. Maybe they're not capable in this particular role or whatever. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's me putting my hand on their head and just observing. Mm-hmm. But then I might look at the data and say, well, good gracious, they're not serving that much. What's going on? So I might simply, this is going to get crazy here. I might simply just ask them,
0: no. <laughs> Seems like too much, Josh. I know I, don't know, I know.
1: But it's amazing when I simply say, hey, would you say this this volunteer role is working for you? And automatically every one of them is going to say. Oh, no, 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 no. It's great. I, I, I love it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then I actually follow up and I say, hey, um, but really, how is it going? And then I, I, I give him a long look. And they now understand that I'm not a surface level, kind of a puke of a leader who just wants a quick answer. Mm-hmm. I really am shepherding them. And you'll find out, well, you know, okay, here we go. Good, good, good. This is what we want. You know, uh, my, my daughter's going through some health issues. I'm not enjoying my job. And so you're feeling as if this volunteer thing is just pushing you over the edge. You know it is. So then we might make a move, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I I tell leaders all the time, don't be afraid to just ask is this working for you now here's another thing that i ask would you say that this would be a role that is appropriate for one person or should this be divided into two roles Mm -hmm. does that make sense
0: yeah that's a good question to ask
1: and certainly i have found people to say man i'm really glad you asked that that is Th- this is a big job. This is a big role, and it would be helpful if. And so, I'm, I'm like, if you're listening to this, um, just ask, just ask person to person, right? Whether this job is working for somebody. Now, uh, again, going back to this little, this little uh, quantitative data search that we did to find out who's serving and how much. We can find people that might be serving too less we might be finding people who are serving too much but it really comes down then that data does nothing because it comes down to using that data to influence more and and, and inform really not influence but inform my relationship with that person Mm -hmm. right and so that that's the beginning of a conversation by the way i could say to a person hey listen i just want to let you know we know that you're serving right at about 70 times a year now listen on the last podcast episode we talked about anonymity We don't want our volunteers to feel anonymous. If they know that I know that they're serving 70-some-odd times a year, they are feeling like, well, good gracious, I'm glad somebody noticed. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's helpful.
0: Absolutely. And so as we figure out kind of how to take this by a person by person basis, yes. where each person feels the weight differently of the different roles that they're in, uh, you gave some examples of putting your hand on the forehead. Is, yeah. is there anything else that would be helpful to do or just so that we can know we have people in the right place Absolutely. for the... Um, right amount and so on
1: yeah I would say that a very helpful thing would be just simple ministry gift assessments certainly somebody's carrying capacity some people can carry more than others not a big deal but really it does come down to gift assessments and so there's gosh in the lead volunteers material that we have inside of the course there's four different very 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 easy and helpful ways for you to do ministry assessments my favorite one though it's very involved is the shape for ministry test, S H A P E. Spiritual Gifts, Heart, Abilities, S H A P personality, <laughs> and E experiences. And so just by going out to lunch with somebody and just asking them these questions about like, see, because your experiences. Oh, you know, I used to be a cattle farmer. Okay. Well, how can that be used of God? Because every one of our historical experiences could. Lead us to greater service to the Lord. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Another one that I like is the Strength Finder. Right, so Gallup poll, I think it was, or something like this. They they put out a book called Now, comma discover your strengths. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done the Strength Finder?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, yeah, back in college. Okay, do you know yours off the top of your head? Maybe, maybe.
0: Uh, back in back six years ago, I was high in leadership, high in discernment, and high in encourage. Uh, is that even one of them? Uh, no, you're good. Those two. For sure. Got Mm -hmm. it,
1: got it, got it. Well, I mean, so we, as a ministry, we were heavily into strength finders. So I would say that, you know, by the way, that helps somebody feel as if they're more known. If people feel known in our ministries, they're going to want to stay. We don't want people to feel anonymous. Okay. So doing gift assessments, certainly, certainly, certainly could um, help that out.
0: Mm -hmm. And so thinking about this graph of involvement, so to speak, from not serving to not involved, the super, super involved. Yeah. How, how would you want to move people along that graph? You talked about how it kind of evened out as you went through this five or six-year period yes. of uh, documenting and going through this process. So what kind of what was that process and how were you moving people along the graph?
1: Okay, so as we shared just a little bit about earlier, we would, okay, so names matter, right? People matter. People have stories. And so as a healthy shepherd, I want to know people. I want to know their story I want to know exactly who they are and what their gifts are and what their proclivities are and what their propensities are and so I'm gonna look at them and so that graph I want to I really want to move people toward more involvement now everybody out there who's listening if you have any level of any engagement with volunteers you're like absolutely (laughs) right
0: like all of them on the very involved sheet
1: (laughs) right um, and for some, that's a healthy thing. For some, maybe it's, it's, it's less healthy for maybe mm-hmm. a circumstance in life. But we do want people to get more involved. Now, I'm going to push back on everybody who is hyper excited about getting everybody to the super involved level. Is it about you fulfilling your job as a volunteer leader or is it about their growth as a Christian? Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a hard issue. Because it's not about making my job easier. Quite honestly, it's about giving people an opportunity to experience Jesus Christ through serving. I think without question that people will grow when they serve. I think that people will experience God in a way that is intangible, that is different than any Bible study, that is different than any personal quiet time. If they're serving, they can experience the Holy Spirit in ways that I can't touch. So my heart is to get them to be serving more because I think that's a vehicle. Mm-hmm.
0: And then just fan the, fan the flame of their good work as, as they do it. I Absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I got to say, so
1: far we've talked a lot about burnout. Mm-hmm. And I actually think there's a whole bunch of leaders that are just deathly afraid that they're going to be burning people out. Which, by the way, I, I think that's legitimate. I think that people should, I think we as leaders should consider whether or not we're burning people out. But I got to let you know, On our next episode, we're going to be talking not so much about burnout, but we're going to be talking about the death of a volunteer through boredom,
0: Hmm. right? Flipping, Flipping it around.
1: That's right. So I think as we close this episode, I want you to think about two important things. Yes, workload is critical, but it cuts both ways. You can either burn out a volunteer by giving them way too much or you can absolutely destroy a volunteer in their passion for serving through boredom. Mm-hmm. Not good.
0: So as we finish up here, what what would you say one action step is for everybody listening? As the the ministry leader who's listening up because we care about our leaders, we want to build them up we want them to be healthy as they volunteer for us we don't want anyone to burn out obviously no so what's our action step as we go go out from this podcast? yeah I would say there's
1: two things Jeff thanks for asking that I would say number one do you as a ministry leader know the numbers do you know the numbers do you know who's serving where and how much I mean what a shame right that if all of a sudden Todd this guy I referenced earlier in the podcast Mm -hmm. was serving 96 slots a year If I didn't know that, shame on me, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to ask leaders out there, do you know the numbers? Do you know who's serving where? And by the way, if you think like, oh yeah, I know that, I I challenge you, write it down. And it's a little harder than you might think, right? To get specific. To Mm -hmm. get specific, because it takes time, right? You just did this as a church. Yep, takes a lot of time. time. takes a lot of time, but it's worth it. Absolutely. Um, But the other thing that I would do is, so you maybe need to work on your quantitative data. I would say also, really dial into the qualitative data. Put on that qualitative lens that's looking at people. Are they showing up early? Are they showing up late? Are they sticking around a little bit longer and have some extra energy to help? Are they showing up unprepared? Those are all anecdotal. Me put my hand on their forehead and go, "Uh, do they got a fever here? Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go a little bit deeper and ask them the straight up question, is this volunteer role working for you, right?
0: Yeah. Well, there you have it. That ends the first half of this two-part series on uh burning people out through overworking or boring people out through not giving them enough. So thank you for listening today. Hey, why don't you go ahead and scroll down, give us a five-star rating, subscribe to this podcast so we can get it in the ears of other ministry leaders just like you. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you guys.